What's going on, everybody, and welcome into another edition of Be Shafe Daily. My name is Brendan Schaefer, along with you, talking some Cardinals baseball here on Tuesday, March 9th, as the Cardinals have had a couple of games since we last spoke, but we've got a lot of news to dive into today, so not going to have too much to say necessarily about the games. We'll see how long it takes us to cover some of the news, and then maybe we'll get into some of the noteworthy performances of the last couple of days. Carlos Martinez had a start today, looked pretty good uh, in three innings against the Mets up in Port St. Lucie. But more interesting and more relevant to discuss today are two pitchers, one of whom is not going to be in the Cardinals' opening starting rotation this season due to injury. And the other isn't going to be there due to a decision made by the Cardinals with the hopes that it will prevent a future injury, perhaps. So let's dive in on the news. Miles Michaelis, it's not looking good, folks. He was supposed to throw, if you recall, a bullpen session on Sunday, right? And then that got scrapped. They they got it pushed back to where he was going to throw an aggressive bullpen on Wednesday, was the phraseology that Mike Schilt used. Well, today's Tuesday. And the question was posed to Mr. Schilt after the game against the Mets on Zoom. And that's when he revealed that Michaelis will also not be throwing that bullpen on Wednesday. And I think it is officially time to start worrying, if you're a Cardinals fan, about the viability of Miles Michaelis and the 21 season having much to do with one another. Because, first of all, he's not going to be ready for the opening day rotation, the opening day roster, whatever you want to phrase it. On April 1st, he's not going to be on that active roster. I would be shocked if he weren't on the injured list at that point, and I would be kind of surprised if we don't have a more firm understanding of the length of what that absence could look like by the time the regular season rolls around because, look, they continue to push things back and push things back. And today, when Mike Schilt announced that he would not be throwing his bullpen on Wednesday. It got kind of to the point where I think Schilt realized he had to give a little bit more information because as you continue to go this route, it's really difficult from the outside perspective to continue to buy into the fact that this is minor, it's not that big of a deal. And I'll play for you the entire answer that Mike Schilt had, and and really it was just more of him kind of uh, going off the cuff to the, the question. All that it asked was, whether Michaelis would be throwing his bullpen on Wednesday. Uh, The answer, as you'll hear, is no, and then Schilt kind of articulates a little bit why, because he knew that would be the follow-up question if he had just left it at that. So rather than try to explain to you and and interpret Mike Schilt's words, I'm going to make sure you get the opportunity to hear them so you can hear directly from the Cardinals manager on what the situation surrounding Miles Michaelis is as of today. Yeah, tomorrow's, you know, some benchmarks, Bader will be back in the lineup. We expect that to be the case. You know, Jordan will be in that B game. Um, you know, Miles is going to, you know, you can call him whatever you want. Um, he's, he's not going to throw aside tomorrow. He played catch today, a little more aggressive. And, he, and you know, he's going to get some imaging done. So he's not overly concerned about the imaging. He's not, we're not, you never know till you look. Um, he's just not progressing and getting that soreness out of his shoulder as, as quickly as here we would like. And, you know, we haven't pushed him to this point. We're not going to push any of our guys. You know, Miles, Miles is frustrated. We're frustrated for him. Um, but, you know, we're going to continue to let him play some catch, get a little more imaging, looking, um, get a look in there to make sure everybody's 
you know, what we see is what, what everybody thinks, and then we'll take it from there. So, you know, that will impact his beginning of the season, um, clearly. And um, we're hopeful that it's, you know, a little bit of a blip and just a little bit longer recovery than anybody would hope. But um, he will not throw his side tomorrow. And that was Cardinals manager Mike Schilt discussing the latest setback for Miles Michaelis. And you heard what he said at the end there. The hope is that it's just a blip and a situation where it's taken him longer to recover than they'd hoped, but ultimately he'll be able to return. That's what they're hoping. And they're doing more imaging. The phrase he used was more imaging, which suggests they've already done some imaging, which I believe is something they've mentioned prior to today. But in all prior instances, the conversation was, it's nothing that's showing up on imaging as being a concern. But when the soreness continues to linger and the pitcher, the player, is not able to ramp up the way that he needs to for taking the beginning of the season by by storm, uh, you're going to go back to the well and try to figure out what you may have missed the last time. And so it seems like that's what's going to take place for Miles Michaelis. And who knows what may emerge from that situation. You know, so far, again, they've said nothing showing up on the imaging. But if he's going to continue to get imaging and he's going to continue to not recover and feel the way he needs to, this could go any variety of directions. And you heard Mike Schilt. It's clear that he's not going to uh, be ready for the start of the season. He's Schilt saying this will impact the beginning of his season, clearly. And then from there, you know, the Cardinals are just going to have to wait and see and try and uh, determine what the next steps are going to be. And this is disappointing. This has to be a, a major disappointment for the Cardinals. And if you're a Cardinal fan who is worrying about or wondering about, at the very least, the starting rotation for this team and, and what the depth would look like coming into the year, wondering if the Cardinals would add from the outside somebody like Jake Odorizzi, who just recently signed with the Astros, several other starting pitching names potentially available on the market, and the Cardinals did not pursue any of those names. They wanted to go with the in-house depth that they had, but we've talked about it. You know, going all the way back on the podcast, Be Shaped Daily, to December, January, whenever we've been doing episodes and we've previewed to the 2021 season and the starting rotation in particular, what do I always say? I say spring training comes around, you are going to lose one starter, maybe two, every time spring training rolls around. It's just the way it goes. And so, Miles Michaelis is the one this year. I say it every year, and I, I don't mean it in you know, to, to take it lightly or in jest, I, I just, it's a reality when you're talking about roster building and pitching depth that you're going to end up needing it. You're going to use it and you're going to use it sooner than you'd, than you'd think or than you'd hope. And that's the example here with Michaelis as now the Cardinals will have to turn in, in another direction and it's going to more than likely be an in-house direction, which I think the team is okay with. I think they're comfortable with that. Whether or not that bears out and, and ends up proving itself to have been a, a wise decision and thought process, we're, you know, time is going to tell. But I think internally, this is the reason the Cardinals say we have John Gant, we have Daniel Ponce and I'm going to get to the other name that you that I haven't mentioned yet, somebody that I think would be a great fit for that starting rotation, but we found out today is not going to be in consideration for one of those spots, and that's Alex Reyes. We'll get to that in here in just a minute after we wrap up on Michaelis. But at this point, look, it is a disappointment because the Cardinals have tried multiple times to go the less invasive route with this situation with Michaelis. And really, first, it was the forearm, right? It wasn't the shoulder last year, but the forearm is the the first injury situation that he had, and that was back in October 2019, late at the end of the season. 
gave him the PRP injection because they thought that was a less invasive route to get him ready to go by spring training 2020. Then he comes into spring, still isn't resolved, but then they go back to the well again with another PRP, and I don't know at that point you know, what they thought could end up happening differently since it's essentially similar to what they had tried previously. I'm sure there were differences. I'm not a medical doctor, and I don't, I'm not privy to specifically what the, the treatment was that they did, but it, they described it similarly, and so at that point, you know, you really had better hope it would work because otherwise, and maybe at that point they figured, well, if he's got to have surgery anyway, he's missing the whole season, so, you know, we might as well try this, and then if he does need the surgery in the middle of the summer, he'll still be ready for the next season. And so that's what they did. They did the forearm tendon repair in August. They thought when he came back, you know, coming to summer camp, that he could be able to be in the rotation at that point. Didn't work out. Still was having issues with the forearm. That's when they said, okay, enough is enough. We're going with the the tendon repair. And so that is evidently better. The elbow is not a concern from what they're telling us anyway. But it's the shoulder now, and it's just a disappointment. And you couldn't have seen this coming necessarily. Uh, I know a lot of times the issues with the forearm can lead to elbow, and I know it's all interconnected, and so it could lead to a shoulder thing. I don't know how frequently a, a forearm situation that is repaired via surgery would then end up with a, a shoulder situation. And so I don't know how likely it would have been to predict this happening. But at the end of the day, it's disappointing. And and when you talk about shoulder too, that's the kind of thing that a lot of times if you do end up having surgery, it's harder to come back from it. I don't know if it's longer than a Tommy John recovery, but it definitely seems like people kind of hold their breath a little bit more when you talk about shoulders and, and whether or not a guy is going to be the same. And so, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. We're, we're kind of jumping the gun a little bit because we don't know how severe this is. Right now they're just talking about you know, they haven't found anything on imaging. They haven't, you know, they're, they're going through that process to see if there's something there and if there's something that needs to be addressed. But as of right now, none of that has happened. So any of that kind of conversation would be speculation, and I recognize that. But I know that's what a lot of people are thinking about is, would this end his season? Would this, you know, what what's the timeline here? And so it's, it's just natural to wonder. And if that does end up being the case that this is going to impact Michaelis not only for the beginning of the season, but for perhaps a large portion or the duration of it, that would then be, you know, injuries, plural, going back to the end of the 2019 season, uh, the the string of which and the the threat of which would have him out for 2020 and potentially for a, a portion, if not the entire 2021 season. Like I said, it's not the entire as of now. We'll find out more as time goes along, but Definitely a disappointing trend for, for Michaelis, who, again, had been a real rock-solid option for the Cardinals in 2018, so much so that they signed him advanced before they really needed to uh, for, for 2020 and 2021, before the 2019 season. And look, that contract, we talk about Matt Carpenter's contract being a bad one because they signed it early before they had to. Maybe a little bit of a different story with Michaelis, because if he repeats that 2018 performance in 2019, and he's free agent eligible at the end of the year, as he would have been, uh, that he certainly could have been a guy that would have gotten a better contract in free agency. And the Cardinals maybe thought locking him in at this rate is the way to go. So they kind of bet on, you know, th- just having that security. Whereas with Carpenter, I just don't think any performance he could have had given the contracts position players were being handed out at that point in time in free agency uh, nothing Carpenter could have done in that last season. I guess it would have been, uh, I'm going to get my years mixed up, but I feel like it was 2019 as well. 
when the Cardinals eventually got him to that contract. But whatever the case was, it wasn't going to be a deal where Carpenter was going to make more in free agency than the Cardinals gave him. Michaelis, I guess, could have if he had repeated that 2018 the next year. So not the end of the world, but it could turn out that he's given you no innings in 2020 and 2021 on that contract. So we'll see enough about him. I mean, we, we can spend all day talking about it, but it's 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 not like we're going to have any more information until the Cardinals deliver it. So instead of kind of wondering, speculating more about Michaelis, let's jump into what it means for the rotation that he won't be there in the beginning. For one, Ponce de Leon. For two, John Gant. I think both of those guys are probably your chief competitors for that last spot. And given the way John Gant has kind of forced the issue a little bit and, and said he wants it, and, you know, it's not to say Ponce de Leon doesn't want it, but Gant's been a guy for them for several years who you remember the competition with Dakota Hudson in spring training a couple of years back. He was the, the last man standing before Dakota won that contest for the fifth spot in the rotation. And then, you know, he just did his role, was a really solid reliever for them. And then last year was, uh, again, a really good reliever for the Cardinals. So, you know, he's a guy who's been around now for a little while and I think would like that opportunity. It's not to say that Ponce de Leon hasn't been around and wouldn't like the opportunity, but Ponce has kind of been given some of those chances, and it's been up and down, or really down and up, if you're talking about the 2020 season when he started out poorly and finished, you know, in my opinion, and and the numbers would back that up, finished pretty strong. And then we see him in in spring training now where it's kind of more the same from Ponce where – you see the electricity in his arm where he's striking out a lot of batters. He's got a very high K rate. In his last outing, he had several strikeouts. I believe it was like four in just a couple few innings. But then he he allows the walks and and occasionally misses location for some hard contact. And so it's all about the consistency. And, I mean, that's the same thing for every pitcher. You want to see guys go out and be consistent. And sometimes his problem, you know, I I think is when he's not consistently pounding the strike zone and, and, and throwing good strikes, he feels like maybe he has to be a little bit too fine and hit the zone, and that's sometimes when he gets hit a little bit hard. But Ponce absolutely has the stuff to be able to to be a starter at this level, and there have been times where he's showed it, but there have been other times where he's gotten hit around a little bit. So, you know, it's just all about trying to find that consistency. And, and John Gant the same way. I mean, his most recent start that we saw was uh, at the ballpark of the Palm Beaches a few days ago, and he had that start against the Nationals, gave up the three-run home run in the first and so his his start was, uh, you know, another example of a Cardinal starter not getting all the way through the first inning. Ponce has not been given an actual start, and then we're not going to get to see Gant again uh, on a Grapefruit League game because he's going to start a B game on Wednesday with kind of flip-flopping Jack Flaherty is going to get the start in Grapefruit League play on Wednesday tomorrow. So we won't see Gant, and uh, we've already been told that B game is going to take place at Ballpark of the Palm Beaches on the backfields against the Nationals, and we will not have media access to that. So kind of a tough spring to be able to give you all the ins and outs of everything going on down here uh, because even if we wanted to, they were told that we can't go. And because there is a game at Jupiter tomorrow, I'm probably on my last day here uh, before I start heading back to Missouri. I'm going to go to that at uh, Jupiter instead of uh, the, the backfields at Palm Beaches more likely than not. So might not have a lot of information about that tomorrow. And then we'll probably, just a little bit of housekeeping, be taking a little bit of a break while I have to take a couple of days to drive back to Missouri. So not sure when the next podcast will be, but rest assured, once I get back, we'll be checking in on a regular basis uh, with everything going on at spring training. Still going to be taking part in the Zooms 
and all that from a distance. And then once the regular season begins, we will be locked and loaded, ready to go, which I'm really excited about. Make sure you subscribe to the show because those are going to be shows that you're not going to want to miss once the Cardinals season gets going for real. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, The Works. Find it, search it. Be Shafe Daily is the name of the show. We'd love to have you guys on board for the duration of the season because it's going to be a lot of fun. But let's get into it. Alex Reyes uh, had another outing today, but it was a shorter outing. He came on in relief of Carlos Martinez, who I mentioned, pitched three innings, had had three pretty good innings today, uh, mostly sitting in the low 90s or right around 90, 91, but he would come up for 94, 95 on occasion on the gun, so I don't think velocity is an issue for him. I think Carlos is is doing well. And, and look, before the Michaelis situation a couple weeks ago, uh, really before they got down to spring training, and I had been talking about Carlos Martinez as somebody that if I'm the Cardinals, I'm counting on other options before Carlos. Like I'm not counting on it as though I have him and I'm going to have him as someone who's reliable. Um, if he becomes someone who's reliable, that's great, but I don't want to come into spring training kind of being in a position where I need that. And they didn't add anybody from the outside to add to the rotation, the starting mix. And then you've lost Michaelis for TBD. We don't know for how long. So that kind of puts it in a position where I have to clarify that I, and that's no longer the way I feel. Like you, you're in the position now where you do need Carlos Martinez. You need him to be a starter. You need him to perform well in that role like he once did 2015 to 2017. He was great. He was an ace caliber pitcher. Uh, you need him as close to that as he can be because you've already lost one starter and we're not even really, you know, we're still a few weeks away from the beginning of the season. So uh, unless there's somebody, you know, walking through that door that you're going to sign in free agency, as much as I think John Gant can compete and Ponce de Leon can compete, uh, you know, and there's some other guys like, you know, you've got guys like Woodford who's having a decent spring, solid spring. Matthew Libertor probably still a little bit far away. So, like, you know, Zach Thompson, I don't think he's he's not going to be rushing out. I, people, the reason I bring these names up, Libertor and Thompson, is because people are going to ask, rightfully so. But they're a little, you know, they've still got a little bit of ways to go. They've got some things to prove at the lower levels, uh, some things to refine. When they get into these big league camps, sometimes you're going to see guys get hit, hit around a little bit. That happened to Libertor earlier in the week. Uh, doesn't mean he's not going to be still a very important part of the Cardinals' future, but uh, there's a learning curve. And so I think those guys are going to be going through that. So when you look at the starting depth, yeah, you've got to figure out you know, how you're going to fill these spots. And right now would be a really good time for Carlos Martinez uh, to look like he did today rather than like he did in the previous outing. Because today, Carlos became the second starter of the spring starting a Grapefruit League game for the Cardinals to finish the first inning. That means no rollover, no take me out and then put me back in. Like, he was the second person to do that. Wainwright had done it twice, but nobody else had done it until Carlos today. So Jack, hopefully Flaherty will uh, become the third then tomorrow on Wednesday when he when he gets his second Grapefruit League start, but overall his third essentially quote-unquote start because he started a B game a week ago or five days ago. And so we'll see if he's able to get that done. Going to be interesting to see how deep into the game Flaherty goes, whether it's four innings, maybe you can go as far as five. I would say if their pitch count limit was around 40 or 50 before, maybe they'll push Jack up to 60, 65. This is just speculating. We haven't asked Mike Shield about this yet, but maybe tomorrow morning we'll get a better sense of where Jack is supposed to be going into that start. But, yeah, I mean, you look around the starting rotation, and there are some holes. There are some guys capable of filling them, but – you don't want to necessarily have to to deploy all of your depth this early and think, oh, we're we're solid because we've got it. You know, we've got all these guys. If they're filling half your rotation, 
maybe they're capable of doing that, but then who's going to fill in behind them when you lose more guys in June? Like, you know that this is going to be a season similar to last year where, except for this time, there's more innings, but where you've got to use a lot of different pitchers. And so the calendar is going to necessitate that because guys aren't going to be as prepared and, and ready to roll as they were. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how the Cardinals are able to manage it, but certainly Carlos, one of those guys that they're going to need. One of the guys that they don't think they need is Alex Reyes, at least not from the starting rotation and at least not at the beginning of the year. Mike Schultz said today after I asked him uh, just generally about Alex's outing today, which was just one inning, because I thought that was kind of interesting. That's kind of the story I started when I began talking about Martinez a few minutes ago. He started the game and then Alex got the fourth, and last time we saw Alex go two innings. Today, I see Cabby, Henesis Cabrera coming out for the fifth, and I thought, interesting. I don't know if I knew that coming in or if that was the plan, uh, and then clearly it was because everybody from, from there to the end only threw one inning. I think the fact that Cabrera it didn't come up today, uh, so I don't know if Mike Schultz has told Cabrera also that he's officially part of the bullpen, but I feel like it's a pretty safe assumption at this point in time because his trajectory has been pretty similar to Reyes, and so when they both go for one inning today, I figure, okay, even if they didn't talk about it, you can assume that Cabrera is on that same path now, and that's what the case was. We didn't find out until after the game, asked Mike Schultz about how Reyes threw today, and he struck out the side in his inning, gave up a couple of hits after the first two Ks, and, you know, one of them, 97 on the black, used the off-speed stuff to get another strikeout and then allows a couple of base hits, has runners on second and third at one point because the ball squirts away a little bit. Uh, I don't know if it's a wild pitch, pass ball, but it was just one of those deals where runner got from first to second. It was already, a, uh, pardon me, it was already first and third. And so he gets to second. And so at this point, a base hit scores two, but Reyes bears down and gets the batter on uh, 84 mile per hour. It looked like a slider, um, off-speed pitch of some sort that uh, was able to get get the hitter off balance a little bit, swing through it, and get out of the inning. So I just asked Mike Schultz about what he saw, and he was impressed by Reyes today. But then Mike Schultz went on to talk about the decision to put him, uh, to let him know, which happened before the game, that he would be in the Cardinals' bullpen this season. And I know, you know, and the explanation makes sense because they're worried about innings. Mosellock said in the morning when we talked to him, about 100 innings would be the internal target that the Cardinals have set in mind for Reyes for the season. That's not to say it can't change. That's not to say they can't be a little bit fluid on it. And that's not to say that there's a hard and fast rule for how he's going to get there. But with that in mind, the question for Schilt, after he says he's going to be in the bullpen, for me was, okay, I'm thinking 100 innings, doing that exclusively out of the bullpen is not something that you you frequently see. You just don't. And so, because a lot of times, if you've got a guy that's going to be a, a long reliever, Usually he is throwing, in most seasons, in a normal season, he's throwing in games that aren't as meaningful. You're either up seven or down seven. You know, it's a blowout and you need to fill innings. And so those guys maybe aren't as valuable if that's the strict long man role that they're in to be able to get so many innings. Clearly, Alex Reyes is not going to be used in that role. So I kind of wondered, all right, how are the Cardinals going to get him there? Going to obviously have to use some variety in the way they deploy him, which is... That's a challenge. I mean, you can come into a season saying that, but it, it, it can be difficult to actually put that into practice and, and have a guy go three innings and then say, well, shoot, how many days now do we have to lay off of him and then bring him back? And if we bring him back then, is it for one inning? So then how many innings is he? It's going to be interesting for a guy like Reyes if that's the way they use him to figure out how he's going to find his routine and be able to establish himself in that bullpen. So here's an answer I'm going to play for you from Mike Schilt explaining the decision to put Reyes in the bullpen 
And then in the middle of it, you'll hear me, and hopefully the audio works out. I kind of tried to bump the levels up a little bit. But you'll be able to hear me ask him, you know, what's the thought process maybe to later in the season? Could he become a starter? Because that's what would make the most sense to me if you're trying to have a guy and build him up for the most important parts of the season. And then kind of the reverse Steven Strasburg, where you don't have to shut a guy down because of an innings limit. You say we're going to build you toward that innings limit and then let you go when it's time to get you know, when the going gets tough late in the season, when we want our best arms at our sharpest, that's what we're going to do. So you'll hear a little bit of it, and then we're going to kind of talk about things uh, as a reaction to, to this little exchange to wrap up the podcast here today. Here's manager Mike Schilt on Alex Reyes. Yeah, you bring him up, might as well stay on the subject of Alex. Spoke with him today. I don't think this is, um, you know, any surprising news. But, we're, you know, Alex is going to go in our bullpen. Um, it just makes a lot of sense based on – his workload prior to this, I mean, clearly we'd like to have him in any role. He's, he's a, you know, a weak guy, but um, starting this year doesn't make a lot of common sense. Um, it does make some sense to get him up in innings, which he'll be used in a multi-inning um, situation. You know, we've got a good bullpen, but he'll be a big part of it. Um, and, you know, like to get him his innings up in innings and then be able to uh, – getting that starting rotation for next year. Um, but for now, he'll, he'll go to our bullpen. We got off the starter path. Didn't think it was a path that made sense for this year. He concurred, understood. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get his workload appropriate to get him ready for the season as a, as a, as a reliever. Mike, do you see that as something that could, and obviously too early to know what's going to look like in July or August, but could evolve as the season goes based on where he is in innings? Or is it something where you think, probably for the duration is the going to be the place for him this year. I wouldn't say never say never, Brendan, but, um, you know, you think about a starter, if he's going to start, that would mean, you know, two days prior, no pitch, um, pitch, four to five innings, two to three days off. So now you've effectively taken Alex out of being able to pitch for six days, but I, I can't rule it out um, for sure. But, um, you know, right now he's in the bullpen and we'll look to build him up out of the bullpen over the course of, um, you know, what we hope to be a really long season. So that was Cardinals manager Mike Schilt on the decision to have Reyes in the bullpen. And then you heard what I asked, you know, to me, that would be the way to do it. You could have him in the rotation by the end of the season. He could, he could, you know, be throwing three innings, two and a half innings, whatever it is at a time. And then maybe you build him up as it goes. The way Mike answered the question that I asked was, it's almost like he was thinking, maybe I was asking like, could you throw him in for a spot start in the middle of the year just to kind of help him get to his innings? Um, because he, you know, the way he says, well, you'd have to lay off of him and then that's going to, and I would understand going back and forth would not be something that would make a lot of sense. Uh, and, and I think the way Schulte answered it that, that way is because it's way too early for him to go ahead and say, yes, our plan is to have Reyes kind of dialed back a little bit in the beginning. We're going to throw him in during important parts of games, maybe not just the one inning rolls, but he can throw a couple innings here, a couple innings there build him up and then when we get to July or August when inevitably a need arises in our rotation he could be somebody that could be built up to fill it and then go off the sheet to get him to his hundred or so innings and then as we enter playoffs we'll kind of see where he's at but you know you figure we're going to put him in a position where he can go strong to the end whatever the end might be that's not something Mike Schilt can say in, in March beginning of March uh, first of all, because he's an optimistic guy and he's not going to tell you that he thinks in August he's going to have a need for a starter all of a sudden. We know from the outside that frequently that's the way things go. 
but I understand there's no upside for him to say, yeah, that's the way we're gonna 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 plan this. Because then once you once you say that and you put that out publicly, which is not to say that this is a master plan that they're currently hiding, but I'm just articulating generally, it, it, even if this was something that Shilty or the front office was considering or would potentially be considering, they haven't wrote it off yet as as an impossibility. If it's something that they would do July, August, September, it's not something that there's any upside to committing to now because things could change. Nobody knows what the circumstances are going to be that late in the season. So I think for everybody that's like, oh, the bullpen, that doesn't sound good. And and then when, you know, I thought the natural question was, well, what about later in the season? But then you take a step away from it and you realize what's the upside in them telling me that now? They don't even, they don't even have any reason to know definitively that answer. So he's going to start in the bullpen. You could make arguments either way. Look, I understand, and I went back and forth today on Twitter with people who said, look, this guy's 26, going on 27 years old. If not now, when's it going to be? Like, he's arbitration eligible. You know, it, it, this is going to this is not something that you can go forever on. You're going to lose him eventually to free agency within a few years. And so, uh, you know, why not just let him see what he can do rather than kind of hold him back, hold him back, and then if he's able to do it, it's going to be for another team after he leaves and decides he wants to be a starter. I get all of those thought processes. I also think it makes sense for the Cardinals to be a little bit cautious, but not so cautious that they don't stick to this plan to potentially have him ready to go. Because this is the idea, right? To have him as a starter fully locked and loaded, ready to go for 2022, which is what you'd like, you know, that's in a perfect scenario, that's what happens. First of all, though, he's got to be able to physically hold up and do that. He's got to be able to do the plan for 2021 before you can get to the plan for 2022. And the one for this year in 2021 is supposed to get him progressed along that path. And if he throws 100 innings or so, and it could be 105, it could be 95, it could be 110. Again, I think when you're making up those those numbers that you have as a target in in March, you're going to be smart enough, savvy enough to be fluid with it based on what you see throughout the year. But right now, there's no reason for Mike Schilt or anybody else to, to tell me, yeah, Brendan, he's going he's gonna to be in our rotation in August because it might not happen. But you, you could see it, right? You could see the door being left open to that possibility just based on the numbers game. Because if you get to that point in the season and he's at 50 innings or you know 55, whatever it is, and you can count to the end of the calendar – there's five, six, seven, however many more starts are available, and a need arises. You're telling me they wouldn't consider him? I don't think. I don't think that there's anything hard and fast about that. And that's why I said, you know, you'd never say never. Words of Mike Schilt. So, to me, I think it's totally plausible that Reyes could be in that position by the end of the year. He's not going to be in there in the beginning of the year, and that's all the Cardinals are willing to commit to right now. And that makes total sense. From a from a relations standpoint, there's no reason to to say anything else. It doesn't mean there's a diabolical plan to have him as a starter for the end of the year. But I definitely think that Reyes and the role he's in is going to be very interesting to monitor throughout the season because if you're going to get him to 100 innings without starting, that's going to be a very interesting path. Can you do it in competitive games? Can you do? Is it possible to do like the Madison Bumgarner you know, of the World Series of 2015 or 14, whatever that was, I guess that would have had to have been 14 because the Royals then won it in 15. So, like, can you do it where a guy has an outing, you know, and then a few days later, and, and Bumgarner might not be the right comparison because that was like they were just throwing him every other day. But more I mean, like, can you have a guy come in 
in a situation, or like Andrew Miller when he was in the playoffs with, with Cleveland, comes into like the seventh inning and then just finishes the game. Like, could that be a role for Reyes? If it's a 3-2 to two game, your starter goes six, and then Reyes comes in for the seventh, could he pitch 7-8-9 and get you the, the save, to, you know, secure the win for the team, whatever you want to call it? And then that's like his role, and then because they want to keep him stretched out, or maybe it's like two and a third, you know, whatever it is, could they throw him in those kinds of outings? And then you'll have to obviously figure out a schedule for him. It won't be like a starter where it's every fifth day, but maybe you, you ease off of him the next day, and then maybe if it was three innings the day after that, but, you know, on the third day, you could potentially have him back again for two innings. It's going to be really interesting to see how they how they manage that. And certainly you want to keep, keep it uh, keep it safe from an injury perspective because that's the whole point of doing this. So you don't want to then come up with a plan that, sure, it seems like you're being more careful because he's throwing fewer innings, but then you're putting him on a weird schedule that's potentially compromising in that way. So a lot of things to monitor. It's going to be super interesting, but so far so good on Reyes, and he looks strong. That's the thing. He's, he's performing well. He had a little bit of a jam, like I mentioned, but he got out of it today. So that's, that's the main thing, and, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to hear from him the next time. Uh, just, you know, next time we get to talk to him on Zoom based on what he thinks about it, I'm sure he'll say the same thing he's been saying, that, look, you know, he would have liked to have started, but he's here to help the team and, and make a make a spot on that roster, carve one out, and I think he's going to carve one out for himself, and it's going to be really good. So uh, as long as he stays healthy, it's uh, big things to come for Reyes in 2021. But that's going to wrap things up for this edition of B-Shape Daily. Went a little bit long, but we had a lot of news to talk about. I told you that we would. Don't know when the next episode is going to be. Make sure that you stay locked and loaded to wherever you get the podcast. Subscribe in that location, and then you'll be alerted when the new episode drops. But it could be a couple of days. Not sure if I'll be able to get one done tomorrow. I've got that drive home. I'm not looking forward to it. But um, after that, after I recover a little bit, we're going to be all about the podcast coming coming to you uh, from Missouri and wherever we are throughout the season. So appreciate you guys once again. Thank you so much, and we're going to talk to you next time. Peace.